right, well, I'm old school. Jane Kuger, Brad Ehrlich, John Iarola, or as I described it in the bonus episode today, middle school. Okay, <laughs> so this is not old, old school by Manquist, Mark Thompson, Jane Kuger. It's not the youngins, it's middle school. So uh, welcome to the junior high uh, version of old school. And uh, <laughs> let's go Cubs. That was my junior high school mascot. They were, the high school was the Bears. Junior high was Cubs. Hmm, um, nice. Those are all uh, homosexual subculture references as well. So that's nice. So organized college, the otters. <laughs> First of all, I don't know otters, but it sounds interesting. Okay. <laughs> like there's no way otters is not interesting. Uh, okay. Um, and now you're going to have to tell me in a minute, but hold. Um, I would prefer he does not. Okay. <laughs> Technically, I'm an otter. John's an otter. It's like a. I might be more of an otter than you because I don't have as many muscles, and I've got. I think you have to have a beard and be kind of like wiry. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Beard and wiry is otters. So, like, uh, so folks can in West Hollywood might see you and go, the otters, the otters. Yeah. Okay, that's an old school reference to Lost, the show Lost on ABC. That's so obscure that like people might accidentally think it's racist. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so anyways, um, I did grow up, yeah, I mean, look, same community in West Hollywood might think, oh, Cenk, you did grow up to be a bear after all. <laughs> so there's a theme there. There's a theme. Um, so uh, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about our sponsor, Too Strong uh, Coffee. Obviously, TooStrongCoffee.com/tyt. You get these handsome American-made, progressive-made mugs, by the way, uh, as well uh, at TooStrongCoffee.com/tyt. But you, you mainly get uh, coffee. I'm just going to say one quick thing here before we go to. Should you honk for shame? Did Charlie Chris do a good job of slapping down DeSantis? Did we like House of the Dragon? These are all things that are coming up. But my mother-in-law is here today and I'm at home because I have a cold, not COVID, but a cold. And in the morning I heard her make it a Different coffee, like the the individual cups and stuff. And then when I was making the coffee, I said, still, it was like only a half an hour later, but I said, do you want some? She's like, you got that too strong stuff? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, then I'll take it. Yeah, I want that. And I was like, hey, look at that. Too strong coffee's got my mother in law addicted. (laughs) (laughs) That's a commercial right there. We need to film that. Yeah, I know, right? I wish I did. Uh, Okay. Uh, but now we start. Uh, so, guys, I, I try to keep it old school, not too political, but every once in a while, of course, there's fun political topics. There's, there's two here, one involving Tucker Carlson, that I'm going to get to in a sec. But Charlie Crist, uh, he's learned from Fetterman and Tim Ryan. Uh, you know, you go into these debates, you got to hit the Republican, you got to hit him hard, okay? You got to get a zinger line. So he did it tonight. He went off against uh, DeSantis. You know what he called him? He called him. Anti business. Boom! Got him. Elbow. <laughs> yeah. Love the framing of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Charlie Crist is like the worst politician in America. 
uh, he's lost to like the most loathsome Republicans like eight different times. And he's an old, like he's an old school Republican. He used to be a Republican. He switched over because he's like, I just want to give corporations handouts. Now they're doing weird extraneous stuff. Let's go back to the handouts. And Pelosi was like, have you come to the right party? Come here, okay? <laughs> and gave him a bear hug, if you will. We're working on a theme. Um, so he, he called DeSantis the most anti-business governor out there. As if that was gonna sting when the main charge against Democrats is that they're elitists. And DeSantis is trying to look populist, so he gift wrapped that one for him. That doesn't make any sense as a strategy. Because the whole idea of being a Republican right now is to pretend to be populist. And then anyone who cares about whether you're business or not knows you're still a Republican. And then those people are gonna vote for you anyway, because they know that behind closed doors, you're only selectively going after certain businesses that already have preferential treatment in ways that might end up benefiting the people of your state anyway. That's why I went after Disney. You know, worst case scenario, people are like the 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 satanic cult of you know the anti-satanists that always have the satanic panic are like still hating Disney like they always did. Best case scenario, you get you get to say I'm no longer like giving free handouts to giant corporations that are turning your children into Satan. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. And Charlie, I can't believe that's the best they have up against them. They kind of slip through the cracks over there in Florida. It's through the cracks. He raises money, right? So their Democrats love that. They're like, oh man, he's good at corporate askasy. He'll raise a lot of money and then lose gently. And that's what he's in the middle of doing now. Democrats losing with dignity for decades. Can we come up with an example that you've covered more elections? Maybe you can. Where the Republicans have all decided, and the media media has given them assist that Democrats are X, which is bad. Whether that's anti-business or anti-police or anti-military or whatever, and the Democrats have focused all their attentions on fighting back against that, like you know, putting Kerry up as president, funding the cops even more, whatever, and it's successfully disarmed the attack. Has that? (laughs) Ever actually like the crime thing is like every Democrat for the last year has been like, I hate defund the police. I hate it so much. They're still getting smeared as defund the police. Like when you're starting with a slogan like defund the police, you've already lost. Yeah, but you think that what they weren't going to come up with a crime argument without defund the police? They're attacking Raphael Warnick. It's a terrible. I am literally in the middle of demonstrating my point. They're attacking Raphael Warnick as satanic. Like if you like, no seriously like if like <laughs> you want to the Democrats are too anti-Christian. Okay, so we put up literal pastors. They're satanic. So what's the point? Why respond to any of this stuff at a certain? Well, point? so two things about that. One, I just interviewed Michael Fanone. We're going to show it tomorrow on on the conversation, and there he's the cop that was nearly beaten to death by the MAGA guys on January 6, and now they say he's anti-cop. <laughs> Of course, but I actually I agree with both of you guys. Um, John's absolutely right. Trying to you know defang Republican arguments by proving that you're a bigger ass kisser to fill in the blank cops, military, business interests has never ever ever worked. In fact, of a hilarious example of the worst way of doing it. I'm going to explain in a second.
But at the same time, I agree with Brett in that, well, you don't want to put yourself in a hole. Like, <laughs> so defund the police was the worst slogan in American political history. And and so that didn't help our cause. So John, I know they're gonna punch us in the face 12 times. So maybe we don't start out by punching ourselves in the face. So that's my point, but go ahead, Brent. The single most fundamental fundamental of politics is that you need to define the conversation and have the conversation you want on your terms. Fundamentally, if we're talking about like what is history told us, they told us that it's hard to convince the general population of America that the Democrats are good at the economy. And it's hard to convince the general population that the Democrats are good at law and order and crime. And it is easy to convince the general population that the Democratic Party is good at social safety net and like things like healthcare and anything that you have to provide through the government. So what you want to do is anchor the entire conversation of your election around things that people by and large think you're pretty good at. And when you do that, you win. The only exception I think would be 2008 when we were in the grips of a insane recession, like the great recession and a war and you know and the aftermath of of pointless forever war. And the and the Democrats were able to win on the economy and on national security. That's the other one. So let me let me give one and a half examples here, and then I'll jump off of it. Um, so uh, number one is uh, let let's take the economy. Okay, um, Donald Trump just the earlier today or yesterday he put out a statement. One of hundreds he put out. Puts out every day, but the one that got the news attention wrapped in there somewhere was this talk of how low unemployment was during Trump, and he was bragging about it, right? And then on one of the cable shows earlier today, there was a conversation with Stephen Moore's, who's a kooky Republican guy who was in the Trump administration, so-called economist. Uh, on with uh, an actual economist, Austin Goolsbee, that worked in the Obama administration. And uh, Moore is like, oh, this is outrageous, $7.5 trillion in COVID relief, and that's what caused inflation. And then Goolsbee said, wait, five out of the $7.5 trillion was passed by under Trump. And then Moore was like, uh, okay. So the reason that I mentioned that is because I believe that Biden's unemployment uh, numbers are better than Trump's. But I'd have to look it up because Biden has never said it in the entire two years that I've ever seen. And neither has any other Democrat. Trump would constantly be like, unemployment, I got you $5 trillion, unemployment, well, and Biden takes that and goes, I'm so sorry about inflation. I promise I'll never talk about unemployment. Okay, I'm just so sorry about inflation. And the two and a half trillion, I'm so sorry about it, right? And when you do that, well, of course you're gonna lose because you just told them to vote for the other guy. I mean, you just framed it in all of the wrong ways. So is there a way they could have won the on the economy in this particular election? Yeah, but it would require them to not be goddamn liars, right? So what they could have done is boom, put up $15 minimum wage, pass $15 minimum wage, okay? And say, you know why? We did an emergency to lift the filibuster once before already in this term. 
And was it for voting rights? No, no, we were just lying about that. Okay, I can go on and on, right? But the one time they lifted it was to raise the debt ceiling so that their stock market wouldn't crash. They could say equal emergency here, okay? Um, we gotta pass $15 minimum wage because we need to have people's wages keep up with inflation. Yeah, And then the debt Republicans would be forced to argue, no, we should have lower wages. Yeah, I don't know, I, I, I'm gradually over the last few years gaining more respect for Republicans ability to exploit the completely incredulous nature of 40% of the electorate to turn anything no matter how bad that they do or anything no matter how good the Democrats do completely to their benefit. Like. Yeah, they would be arguing that wages should be lower if they already against that. But they'd also say that it's undeserving poor people and racial minorities are benefiting from it. That's what they would say. And that's in the same the way that we well really fast. Let me make my point that we we passed the student debt cancellation, and they've got a significant portion of the country absolutely hating literally everyone who's going to benefit from that. Even though virtually every conservative knows someone they love that is going to benefit from it. They hate the climate bill. They think that the insurrection is perfectly fine. We should still do all of these things, but I don't think that stuff that I would have thought three years ago, this is an indisputable slam dunk. How could you possibly argue against this? They'll find a way. Tucker Carlson is not simply gonna not broadcast the day after some amazing progressive plan comes out. They find a way to turn people against literally anything. And in the few cases where they can't do it you know, sort of adjacent to the substance, They'll just start talking more about trans people. Like they are, they are agile in messaging, if in nothing else. So what you do, I think a lot of those were examples of essentially an opportunity to say you just have to benefit certain types of people all at once. That's it, because you know, to a certain extent, people who are watching Tucker Carlson are lost anyway. They are going to gravitate toward whatever he says, but you weren't going to get them anyway. But if you pass legislation that gives student debt relief to people, they're going to be happy about the person that you just gave that student debt relief to. And you know, conversely, on the other side, the Republicans, they have a bunch of hypocrisies all the time. But they're not necessarily, by calling them out on those hypocrisies, you aren't going to reveal them as liars because they also do such a spectacular job of, of targeted messaging. So if they say, you know, to one group called the, the red sky lovers and the other group called the blue sky lovers, the red sky lover people watch red sky lover you know, TV. The blue sky lover people get their stuff on blueskylover.com slash QAnon. And you can message completely different things to the to a bunch of different people all at once. But it's never really gonna bother them because they love the red that the sky is red so much that when you tell them that they get happy and they they ignore the fact that you're a complete hypocrite because they feel personally benefited by one of your messages and they're not that bothered by the hypocrisy. Yeah, so first let's just establish and then hopefully never talk about it again. That's never gonna happen, but I laid out the dream right there. 28% of the country, and I not only can I show you, I actually do show in my upcoming book. Now it's finally upcoming, justiceiscomingbook.com. Uh, oh, actually, let's have a fun conversation about that too. Um, Release date announcement? No, no, not yet. Um, so uh, that um, there's every poll has the 26 to 29% uh, of the country's conservatives. 
they're conservatives on, on almost all the issues. And every poll has uh, two thirds of the country, about 65, 66% so consistently uh, to that are progressives, okay? So that's chapter one of my book. Um, but that 26 to 29% is totally unreachable. Let them go, let them go. They're in zombie land. Any a dollar or a minute waste spent on on trying to convince them is wasted. Okay, so but that leaves a giant number of independents and non-insane Republicans that you could still go after. But you can't go after them with like, oh, we we promise to be a little bit less Republican than the other guys. There's this hilarious ad that Joe Donnelly ran that I broke down in the book. So he was a, I was called a Republican. He was a Democrat from Indiana who ran as Republican light, and he did the Jonah ad from Veep, where he's splitting wood with axes, with an axe, and. And he just, the entire ad, I broke down line by line. Every line helped Republicans. He's like, I split with my party to go with the better party, the Republicans on tax codes for the rich. You're like, no, stop talking. You paid money for this ad. Every line is telling them to vote for your opponent. So, okay, that's Democrats. We all know that, right? So, last funny anecdote from the Chris one, and then we'll move on is. So he said, you know, you're the most anti-business governor I've ever seen. Okay. It's funny every time. Anyway, then he hit him with this line. They're talking about COVID and DeSantis is saying that he handled it well. Actually, Florida had the highest deaths. And so you could just annihilate him on this, right? And instead, Chris says this, look, the framing is what's so important. Ron. I wouldn't pat yourself on the back too much on your response to COVID. We've lost 82,000 of our fellow Floridians. Now, but wait, that has two giant problems. You're conceding that DeSantis, we're debating whether DeSantis should get a lot of credit or a little credit for how he handled COVID, yeah. right? No, you should be saying, Ron, it's a national embarrassment how you handled COVID and all the people that died because of your the actions that you took and that we're all politically driven for your own goddamn career, Ron. And you shouldn't give the 82,000 number. You should have calculated. I mean, if the press hasn't covered this, your own campaign should have had a calculation for how many more people died in Florida than they would have died if they lived in a state like California, right? And that number is easy to figure out and it's probably in the order of around, I'm making it up here, so don't quote me on it. But probably around 20,000 people. And that's based on showing blue states versus red states, tracking information per capita, depending on when you did X, Y, and Z in the lockdowns, right? So, and the vaccines. So if you if he had said instead, God damn it, Ron, you got 17,812 people in the state of Florida killed because of what you did. Now, everybody's having a conversation about what a monster DeSantis is. Some people say, no, 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 he's not that much of a monster. He's only a little monster. He's he's not the East Brunswick High School Bears. He's the Churchill Junior High Cubs of murder, right? Okay, then that's the right way to approach it. But this Christ, he lost to the biggest crook in America 
before. You know, Rick Scott committed the largest Medicare fraud in American history, literally the largest fraud of any government program in the history of the United States of America. And Charlie Crist found a way to lose to him. Because Charlie Crist finds a way to lose everybody. So that's the Democratic Party. Cheery. <laughs> I it was be a tiny fun thing and turn into a sad and miserable thing. So let's get. What do you think about my uh, about uh, Rick Rick or John or what is it DeSantis? Is that he looks like my buddy from the eighties? <laughs> you ever see the my buddy in me? My buddy, my buddy. It was like this doll that was like. You know the American Girl doll now is like a little bigger than a normal doll, and it kind of looks like a person. The My Buddy doll was like probably two and a half feet long, and it was the point was it was about the size of a toddler, and it had like this bowl cut situation. And I'll bring it up someplace on Play OB. I don't know if it's cable here, but basically the dude. No, I can do it actually. It's Chucky, basically. Yeah, Chucky was a joke about it. I can do it. Hang on. Just give me one I think second. I had one of those. I think I had All right. So, as you're pulling that up, uh, by the way, sight unseen, and I don't remember my buddy. I remember the name a little bit, but I don't remember the picture at all. Uh, sight unseen, I believe you completely. Okay, that's <laughs> the kind of comparison that Brent Ehrlich is known for. That's like your trademark to Hang be able to pull second. off those comparisons. Okay. Um, all right, so in the meanwhile, I'm gonna give you one quote from Tucker Carlson. Uh, so, you know, they got into a kerfuffle, I don't know if you guys have heard, about Tucker Carlson's son worked at some Republican organization, and then somebody uh, said something about it, and then Tucker got really mad, and then the Washington he was, he was hired to be the director of communications for a congressman, Republican congressman, I believe. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's me, Ron DeSantis, here for the. Florida Republican Party, <laughs> and I just wanted some points about Buckley, my best friend Buckley, who's not an elitist. Because how could you be an elitist with a name like Buckley? There's some white. L- boots Buckley on. is literally the name of the elitist private middle school in Los Angeles. <laughs> All right, that's it. So now you believe me. So yes, Brett, that's excellent. That's obviously, uh, as you called him, Ron John Mike DeSantis. And we would just um, beat the out of it because he would never stop smiling. You'd be like, <laughs> stop smiling, my buddy. <laughs> anyway, don't beat the crap out of anyone or dolls. Okay, just a <laughs> editor's note. Uh, okay, now uh, Asher says Brent did such a great job pulling that up. Can you just send him the pizza pictures that I sent you? So Brent, we'll, we'll effort this in a second. But um, now, having said that, real quick on the Buckley and Tucker Carlson controversy. <laughs> so Eric Wemple from the Washington Post reaches out to him and asks to ask him about this. Tucker's not having any of it. And according to Wemple, here's a quote he gave. Normal people understand it's wrong to go after a man's family. But you don't because you're a soulless ghoul who literally works for Jeff Bezos. Go F yourself. Now, I love that line because normal people understand it's wrong to go after a man's family, said the man who talks about Hunter Biden on a nightly basis. 100%. It is so stupid. They don't care about it. Of course they Nobody don't. Nobody cares about anything. And that's why I think just to like bring it together with everything else. Um, Asher, just slack it to me if you can. Um, 
basically to bring it together with everyone else. That's why when you got all the people who are interviewed at these Trump rallies, when you ask them questions, they just utterly fall apart. They watch Tucker Carlson all day and all he does is do hypocrisy after half thought after nonsense. And when you ask the people who it makes sense to cuz he's so animated and convincing along the way to tell them to recite back the logic, they just fall apart and it's hilarious. Yeah, no, it is. And so if you, to John's earlier point, if you talk to the zombies, the 29% and said, you know, is it wrong to go after someone's son like they question Tucker Carlson's son? They're like, oh, yeah, that's terrible. Even if it's like a political figure and you're worried about corruption. Uh, with other political figures, oh, it's the worst thing in the world. These Democrats have no family values. And if you said to him, is it right to go after Joe Biden's son? Is it a potential political connection? Be, Goddamn right it is. It's the most important issue. You tear down people's sons. That's the you should do. It literally said in the same sentence. It, it completely unaffected by the like logic and reason and all these things that weigh us down, guys. If you just get rid of this, you'll be free, you'll float around. And the need for any logical consistency at all. All right, you want to talk pizza? I think I have it. Okay, hold on before we go to the pizza. One uh, funny thing about the book, okay? So I've been writing this book for literally three years, okay? And so you'll see some uh, anecdotes there. Especially in the beginning of the book where you're like, huh, that, that feels like 2019. Because it was 2019. Okay, that was when I started writing the beginning of the book. Okay. Anyways, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. The, the Jimmy crowd is now like one of their talking points is that I wrote it, that I didn't write the book at all. And that I've been trying to rip people off. <coughs> I don't even know what the price is 26 bucks, 28 bucks. I don't know what it is at a time. Be 27. Is it 27? It should be. Mm-hmm. Bernie, anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And that, like, they think, oh, yeah, I bet you didn't write the book. That book's never going to come out, is it? And they genuinely believe it, right? Or at least it seems like they genuinely believe it, if they can genuinely believe anything. But I always said, like, whoever, at least the person who came up with the talking point, think about their state of mind. Like, why would you even come up with like such a crazy theory that the guy never even wrote a book and he's trying to get like $127 worth of pre-orders, right? Then I realized, oh, that's because that's what they would do, sure. right? They would tell you that they're writing a book, well, they ain't writing a book, right? And they'd get like, they'd do a low level scam of like $278, and they'd brag about it to their friends for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it's just also- stupid. It's like like the theory that Georgia was stolen for Biden, which it's the sort of theory where when you point out, well, then why did they let Marjorie Green win? You know, it's that should really destroy it. When they say that you didn't write your book, I'm fine with speculating about people not writing books because most political people don't write their books. But if you weren't writing the book, why the hell wouldn't you have been fired this slow ass ghostwriter by now? Why is he taking such a damn long time? To no, 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 John, you're missing it. That's what makes it funnier. They don't think that I, I hired a ghostwriter. That would be a perfectly normal theory, right? Oh, There's they think it's wrong. just not going to happen. There's no book. No, they think that I, I the whole thing was a lie. I never wrote a book. I'm never going to write a book. <laughs> I'm just trying to take like 
the four hundred and seventy dollars and run for it. So stupid. <laughs> I love it. We used to do this segment on a show I used to work on called Conspiracy Theory Scorecard, where you'd get points for like how like different tropes. Where it would be like if it involves the Jews, you get like three points. It's a little on the nose. If it's like aliens or some kind of new being, it's you know otherworldly being is five. It's just like it just gets me thinking. Like it's just so non-creative, and people are so bored. And the new theme of politics is that people don't actually care. They don't actually care about anything because they feel so overwhelmed by everything sucking. They can never make any change at all. And so they'd rather just say whatever comes to mind and feel right about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there are people who their like whole personality is going on Metacritic and writing negative reviews of shows and movies they haven't seen. And the idea that those people only exist in pop culture is crazy. Like there are political Let's, equivalents of that. They don't actually care. This is a performative thing. This is, you know, like your football drafting, whatever, your fantasy football. But like, I guess Pelosi is part of it. That's all it is. Like, this is a fun thing that they engage in. They listen to the podcast. They talk. Can we swear on this? We can swear on this, right? No, not yet. No. Okay. Second, well, although Brett already did. Yeah, they talk stuff oh, online right. and that's 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 their fun. They don't care. None of it means anything because they have been so beaten down that nothing needs to mean anything. They are just looking for temporary pleasure, a shot of endorphins and that's it. Yeah, first of all, John, don't disrespect the fantasy football. Okay. <laughs> okay. Second of all, I have it at a 38% likelihood that Brent has written a review of a TV show or movie that he has not seen. No, online? I haven't. I haven't, but I have a friend who did a whole comedy blog about the show Coach with Craig T. Nelson based on what he thinks he remembers from watching various episodes. Okay, I he knew there was something back. there. I thought that would be hilarious, but no, that was, I have watched everything I've reviewed. And I will tell you if I think I've seen it or not. Or like, you know, back on Rotten Tomato Show, we used to have to like talk about old movies all the time. And I'm like, I'm not sure I've seen this all the way through. But what I have remembered from the one time it was on USA New Classics in the middle of like the afternoon when I was in high school one summer, it seemed like a pretty good movie. <laughs> See, I knew that you would do some gag. But okay, so it was your friend, something close. And I had it at 38%, I didn't have it above 50%. So I feel like I secretly kind of halfway nailed it. Um, okay, we're moving on. Uh, so the pizza. Um, so you guys, you know the saying about uh, there's no I in team. Actually, John might not know it. Um, but <laughs> played multiple sports <laughs> on teams. Well, you're not a competitive, competitive tennis John. player. I traveled around the Northeast playing competitive tennis. I know sports. Okay. It's like so Quidditch, John. but yeah. <laughs> now listen, John. Okay, you're you're not like you don't even respect fantasy football. How can you <laughs> be into manly things if you're not into fantasies? <laughs> I would funny. be down if they did like fantasy House of the Dragon season two. And you like drafted like Damon or something. I'd be down for that. That sounds like yeah, it. yeah. Well, we're gonna have that conversation in a little bit. Okay. I'm I'm playing around as as always. Uh, but um, so uh, wait, what were we just talking about? Pizza. Oh, the pizza, pizza. I yeah. team. 
So there's no I in team. And then I've seen the pizza cover. Sometimes they put things on it, like little sayings like, hey, you've tried all the rest, now try the best. Okay, <laughs> so that used to be on the pizza boxes when I was growing up in New Jersey and stuff. So I was having pizza the other day from someplace in LA. And and I've actually had their pizza a bunch of times. I like their pizza. And uh, and then I noticed the cover for the first time. And I've seen this cover, I don't know, tons of times, right? And I noticed for the first time, and then I was like, wait, does this saying make any sense? Is this, why is this on a pizza box? So Brett, show it to us. <laughs> There's no we in pizza. I like it. What's wrong but, with that? But wait, why? <laughs> Isn't we a good thing? Like, hey, we made this pizza together. Is this like the way of saying, like, no, only I made the pizza? There's no, there's no we in pizza, okay? There's only an I in pizza. I made it, not you. That's so funny. No, I don't, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. I think that, especially with that photo of the woman, that's the sort of photo of a woman you'd put on like a T-shirt with like a quippy saying about wine. I think the idea is you don't have to share this pizza. There's an I, there's no we, you can just have it. This is just a pizza for you. Uh, so <laughs> like first you don't all, need to give anyone. So stupid. <laughs> I like it. It's so dumb. It's the most clever thing I've ever seen on a pizza box. Cuz it doesn't cuz you had to start with their like what kind of slogans are there? Okay, there is like there's no I in team. Can we do something with that? <laughs> But there is an eye in pizza. Now that doesn't work. It's close. It's close though. It doesn't work, but it's close. John, by the way, that, that lady, it's not meant to be like winking and nodding and ironic or whatever. No, that's just their the lady on their logo because it's named after her. Yeah. Like it's not everything. It's not I just think I think it's in honor of her. I think that she would house an entire pizza by herself. I think that that's <laughs> what they're memorializing for all time. <laughs> So, but hey, at least you've deciphered it for me. I, I literally, until you said it, I had no idea what they meant. Why is there no wean pizza? Why are they rubbing it in that only one dude in the back is making it? Why are they rubbing it in that you're alone eating a pizza like a sad sack? Brett, that's definitely what they mean, right? I feel like they just ate, put the wrong shrooms on the pizza and made a bot <laughs> and made a slogan. <laughs> It's deep dish thoughts pizza. <laughs> it's so stupid. It only makes sense if they're hostile towards some other specific rivals stupid ass slogan that they hate more. The rivalry, yeah. Yeah, like I could see uh, them branching out into like ask not what you can do for pizza, ask what pizza can do for you. That actually is <laughs> infinitely better. <laughs> I'm going to open up a like, place. Team it has a meaning that's the opposite of selfishness. That's why the slogan, that that turn of phrase is there's no I in team. You're just using spelling and pronouns. Pizza, pizza's just food. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't imply it. teamwork or individualism. Collective action. There is no we in pizza. And the thing about pizza, unless this exclusively is a personal pan pizza restaurant, like pizza, you have to share it. Like, no, but that's that's the whole thing. 
Of all of the foods, what food is better described as a team sport than pizza? Like necessarily, you get a pizza, it's probably for a lot of people. Giant that is not great for business. Six foots. Maybe, that's, but people don't typically eat that. You wanna get people in the habit of eating an entire pizza just for themselves. You buy one pizza for each person, that is a great business model. That's what it is. It's American individualism applied to pies. So I like that John is the only Italian on the panel and he figured it out. I gotta defend my people. Yeah, and uh, and I and I and Brent, I know what you're talking about because there's the the here I'll say there in North End in Manhattan Beach where you used to live, and they do the jokes about their competitors that are like super local <laughs> jokes, right? But at least like, oh, you get it, it's a local place and they're making fun of the, the restaurant across the street. But there's no weed pizzas, what the F, right? <laughs> Maybe That's- someone peed in their pizza once and they have completely changed themselves. <laughs> we do not we in the pizza anymore. Under new management. Guys, I didn't, the, the new people come in, they're like, I didn't know, I didn't even. I wasn't thinking about peeing in the pizza. I didn't think of weed in the pizza. Why does it say there's no we in the pizza? So, so first of all, Brett, I hadn't thought of that either. But now that you put that in my head, oh my god, there's no we in the pizza. <laughs> it's the worst slogan ever. The only way it gets worse is if they change it. There's no pee in the pizza. <laughs> there's no. Wait a minute, there is. Oh, you're saying there. Isn't oh it's a dip oh no. <laughs> Their drinks say there's no poo in Sprite. <laughs> there's no poo in the pizza would be another ace. Ace. <laughs> no Although the funny thing is, we uh, today on TY on the Young Turks, we did the story about the Jeffrey Dahmer special pizza. And there actually is an eyeball in the pizza. Um so because it's America, so somebody had to do that pie. It's not an actual eyeball, and you can't eat the pizza. But that pizza makes slightly more sense than this pizza. I love that. In fact, this could be the Jeffrey Dahmer pizza. They're like, no, oh no, no, no. There's no we in pizza. By the way, I've been I googled there's no we in pizza. These people at that place did not think of it. You can even get a there is no we in pizza T-shirt on Amazon. Oh God! This is—it's a craze that's sweeping the nation. You know what? Now we're gonna have to get it. <laughs> it is just about sharing. It's just about not sharing the pizza. I've concluded. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard the arguments put before the court, no, and oh, the wait. only thing that makes sense mm, is about not they sharing. Don't want to share. No, it, I, I take back what I said. There is not a. There is no we in pizza shirt. I found one that's just text. No, there's no we in pizza. There are amazing graphic design variations on it. There's some amazing ones, and I might get one coming out of this. Oh my God, there are so many. Johnny Pie, getting the pizza. Graphic design is my passion, as is pizza. Um, all right, look, I can't see a world where Brett Ehrlich does not have a there's no weed pizza t shirt. <laughs> I don't see that world. That's I that, have a that shirt. Of all the multiverses, that's the one that didn't happen. Did, you, did anyone see the Ant-Man trailer today? I, I did. I did. You and did we like it? Did we look? I, I'm I'm all, I'm all about the MCU, uh, but I didn't see it. Did we like the Ant-Man trailer? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, yeah. So there's a payoff. I don't know what they're doing in the whole 
multiverse, the the Marvel multiverse right now. I'm happy that they did like the first 25 or whatever movies and it ended with like that stuff. And now it's just like, I don't know what you're doing. So please just give me something that's fun on its own. It looks and this fun. Looks, this looks fun. You know, so I'm gonna do a, it's not a spoiler alert because I don't even believe it's true, okay? But I heard this rumor, so it's a rumor alert, right? That that Ant-Man gets killed, okay? What? But this gets into the problem of the multiverse that Brett was halfway alluding to, which is since there's infinite multiverses, yeah, sure, Ant-Man can get killed in one of them. And so in a sense, it creates the ability to cheat over and over and over again with the characters getting killed. Yes. It is, I think it's less a problem with the multiverse and a problem with trying to do a 50 movie franchise. In a 50 movie franchise, you're like, well, you know, it's been 12 years that we've been at this. And I don't know if there was a James Bond that lasted that long. To try to keep it cohesive, you have to kind of embrace the idea that you're running out of room to make new stuff happen. And so they just delve into the multiverse where they're eventually gonna have to reboot or switch. I mean, in the comics, they switch universes, they give you a number. So the yeah. fact that they're introducing that here, they're like, this is Earth 6, and now we're going to 818 or whatever it is. Um, but yeah. that is that the multiverse is less is is kind of that's what you're saying, but a solution to the uh, we're, we're running out of places to go with these specific character stories, but not or character arcs, but not these characters as they exist um, and have been rebooted by other studios time and time and time again. We just haven't done that in 12 to 15 years. Yeah, I, I think. Like yes, in theory, you can just bring people over from a different universe and get them back up, whatever. And we might end up seeing that, and that that could feel kind of cheap. But I don't know. I feel like we're naturally tribal enough that whatever universe you say is ours, I'm always going to care most about that one. And if that one dies and is replaced with a different one, it's not the same person. I wouldn't like it quite as much. They've had some characters die, like in you know, spoiler alert, Multiverse of Madness. Not everyone who appears on screen survives. But it's not the same as them dying in our universe, you know. Yeah, like you, you automatically know these are these are diff, these are outsiders, basically. Yeah, I, I don't know that other Jenk. I mean, he's probably a lovely guy, right? A little bit too outspoken, but but a good guy, good heart. Okay, not everybody knows it though. Uh, <laughs> but it's not me, uh, of course, of course, and that's that's my point about the multiverse. It's kind of cheating. All right, we were supposed to review House of the Dragon, I believe, and we are going to. But before we get there, quick side review, She-Hulk, go. Have you all watched it? Yeah, I watched sure. it. Halfway. Right, you go first. Yeah, John, you're the you're okay, the uh, king of the dorks. So go ahead. So I started off a little bit worried just because I'm not. I don't watch proceed outside of House. I don't watch procedurals. I've never really watched procedurals. I've never watched legal procedurals, and I wasn't at all familiar with the character. What you Brett? Point of order: How many times have you watched House? All the way through? Yeah, three or four times. Wow! Very. I, really I just thought like everyone House. needed to know that when he <laughs> likes a procedural, 
He'll watch it a yes, bunch. That is the best procedural. That's and I'm waiting for them to reboot it, which they definitely will. Hold, because I have two things there. Number one, I on the other hand have never watched a single episode of House. Oh, it's so good. I watched House with two doctors, and in the first scene, they were like, "He's got a brain worm." <laughs> and then 45 minutes later, House is like, "You've got a brain worm." See, that's that's how grounded in the medicine it is that a true doctor can see through that. Anyway, yeah, I don't care about the authenticity. Yes, I do think that I know more about medicine than I probably do because I've watched House, but I've also been right about things, so I don't care. Anyway, with She-Hulk, for all of those reasons, I did not really have high expectations. I also didn't watch Orphan Black, so I wasn't really familiar with Tatiana Maslany. I do like Jamila Jamil because I'm a huge fan of The Good Place, so I was a little bit excited for that. And the show starts off a little bit slow. I don't think that the first three episodes or so are the best episodes. But I gradually started to really look forward to it. And part of it, I think, is it's the shortest of all of them. So like you barely feel like you're getting into an episode and then it's done and you're like, oh, I could have really gone for more of that. And by the end of the first season, like it's not my favorite of the Marvel shows. I might have, I ranked recently on my top 10 list. It might be like top four or five, but I could, I could go for more seasons of that. It was enjoyable. What are you, what's your favorite Marvel show? I forgetting what I rated now. I think it was probably Miss Marvel. I think Such a I really thing. liked Miss Marvel. There's a there's a few that are just really good. She Hulk might have might have actually been number two to Miss Marvel. Marvel, but Moon Knight was amazing. There's a lot. Oh no, I think WandaVision might have been number one. They, there's a lot of good shows. There's a lot of good shows. Yeah. yeah, it was different. It didn't have some of the good stuff. Like it didn't have nearly as many great action scenes as like you know Captain you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, but I thought that the relationship was funny. It was funny. I don't know. It was very different. Okay, I have controversial opinions in a minute, but Brent, I'm curious what you thought. You know, there's reasons that you stop really watching a show every week, and some of those reasons are you're so excited. Like Andor, I'm saving it up. I want to make sure it's all. I did a couple of them, and I'm like, oh, I want to save it up, and I want to get in sure. to watch them all in a row, right? Because I love that, and that is one of the best things. There's other shows that you stop watching because you hate it. You're like, this is god awful, and it sucks, and then. Those aren't as bad, actually, as the show you stop watching because you forget about it. And She-Hulk is a movie, a show that I stopped watching because I forgot about it. And that, you know, when we were doing the Rotten Tomatoes show, it was like I would rather have a horrible film to review than a movie than a movie where I'm just like I'm not quite sure what's happening and why here. What are what are we even doing? And the only time that She-Hulk gets close to that is the utterly unnecessary fourth wall breaking that is never a payoff, always horrible, <laughs> and and something that makes me want to throw things about the room, Jake. Yeah, unfortunately, Brett is correct. John is incorrect, and Brett is further correct in his the categories that he has come up with. In fact, as you were saying it, I instantly came up with ones in each category. So the one that I stopped watching on purpose because I want to enjoy it later is Narcos Mexico. Yes, and 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 in my fantasies, I was like, all right, as soon as I'm done with the book, that's the first thing I'm going to pick up. Okay, and I never got done with the book. <laughs> so, but by the way, I'm supposed to turn in the 
semi 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 final, like almost 100% done, 98% done manuscript on Thursday. So I'm three days away from Narcos Mexico. Okay, awesome. um, so that's that's point one. I'm gonna get so high, and then ironically watch a show about drugs and how bad they are. <laughs> okay, um, so number two is in the category of things I stopped watching because I just forgot. Uh, they were so uninteresting, I forgot. Is this a bit devastating? Obi Wan Kenobi. In fact, I don't even know what the title is. Is it just Obi? Obi Wan. Obi -Wan. Jenk, uh, I'm a massive, massive Star Wars fan. Outside of the MCU, it's probably my favorite IP. And yet, I had to sort of force myself for the middle three episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. The last episode, it got better. The last two episodes are good, but I had to force myself. No, that's where- it be that's, much more forgettable. Yeah, and, me, and I watch it with the kids. So like, it's like a thing, right? And even the kids forgot, right? Yeah. And we all collectively forgot and we got stuck in that. In the there was a quicksand scene in the original Star Wars, right? In one of them, uh, there is in yeah. Princess Bride. Uh, anyway, we got stuck in the quicksand of those <laughs> middle Obi Wan episodes, and they never made it out. Um, but I feel like I have to finish that before I go on to Andor that everybody's raving about. Um, okay, before we run out of time, She Hulk. Uh, no, didn't like it. Dead last. Um, Dead last. I, but look, you got to put something last. If I if I didn't put that last, I'd put Falcon and the Winter Soldier last. I, that that might be mine, and I enjoyed it, but that might be mine. It was just it was just like a really long, slow Marvel movie, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but uh, correct order is, um, and I'll I will allow switching one and two because uh, I'm I'm merciful and generous. Uh, but Wandavision. Yes. Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay, Wandavision, Loki. Uh, Moon Knight. So those three are clearly the top three. Okay, and then the rest are you know God bless good yeah good. oh that was good good, good. Uh, you know that <laughs> along those lines and She Hulk was a lot of. Uh, 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 uh.